Last spring, several of the assistant principals in our APEX group asked if we could work on how APs can influence school culture without overstepping their boundaries. One AP noted that this could be especially problematic if you and your principal had very different styles. Back then, I approached this as a question of culture, but today I'm looking at it differently. Today, I'm thinking about this through two lenses. The first is authenticity. How do I do a job where everyone's watching me all the time and make sure that I'm true to myself? The second lens is sociological. If we're in a room together right now and someone introduced me as the leader, you'd not be surprised because I looked the part. I'm a six foot two white guy in my late fifties. I have a good speaking voice and I know how to engage with people. And yes, I coached football. In other words, I meet the sociological expectations of what leaders look and sound like in our culture. But what about everyone else? What does it mean to be a leader in schools when you don't look like me? How do you maintain your authenticity when the expect expectations of who can lead and how they can lead are still relatively narrow and rigid? Hello, colleagues, and welcome to the Assistant Principal Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Buskey. The goal of this podcast is to help improve life and leadership of assistant principals. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Craig Martin, the Executive Director of the Bridge Boston Charter School in Roxbury, Boston, Massachusetts. Craig is a nationally recognized school leader, the president of ASCD's Emerging Leader Affiliate, a consultant, and a champion of cultural competency in education. Craig is here with us today to help us think about leadership, about authenticity, and about the challenges of leading in this time and in this society. Hello, Craig. Hi, Frederick. Wow, you, you make me seem so grand. I'm, I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> I'm glad to have you here. So we always like to start with celebrations. And uh, I think we're, we're the first week of August. So what are you celebrating? Um, celebrating rest, uh, cause it is a gift that keeps on giving, uh, and knowing of have some opportunities to really just step away from, uh, the world and just the busyness of things, uh, to be able to just do simple things, whether or not it's just going to work out, taking a walk, sitting on my deck, um, talking to some of, of my loved ones or visiting with some of my loved ones. And so I'm really grateful for the rest and, and that has helped to restore my spirit. That's awesome. And uh, so important. And I think it's sometimes we overlook that as leaders. So thank you for sharing that. Okay. I want to share with, with listeners how you came to be on the show. Um, a while back, I was scrolling through LinkedIn and you know everybody posts photos on LinkedIn, but I saw this photo of this man looking at me and it just jumped off the page. And I think this photo said like, you can join me, but you better be real. And I don't know if that sounds strange, it may sound strange to listeners, but I was just really captivated. Um, and so then I looked down and I, and I looked at the post and the writing and it said, I'm quoting, generally I try to smile in my photos because I want folks to see how much joy I have for hashtag being alive and hashtag living my purpose. If I'm being honest, it is hard being black and male in this America. So the hashtag mean mug K 
can make some folks feel uncomfortable. And, and that photo was very candid, not kind of putting on the nice smiley face, right? Um, although I don't know if it was a meme bug. <laughs> so um, for listeners, I'll put a link to that, um, that post in the show notes. So I really think people should go and take a look. So at this point, I usually say, can you briefly tell us how, we're, how you got to where you are today? But I want to create more, more space for your story. So this shows about authenticity. So let's start there. Who is Craig Martin? Wow. So it's a, it's a pretty big question. Uh, the hardest I, uh, question Martin, you get today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, so Craig Martin is a, uh, a, a brother a friend, an educator, a, a, a connector. I'm a Southerner, uh, you know, I'm a school leader. I am a uh, bourbon enthusiast, you know, <laughs> I do enjoy good bourbon. I am, um, I am also an observer of people in the world and how, how it moves. Um, I'm from New Orleans, so I'm a New Orleanian. Uh, and my New Orleans folks will be like, Craig, that is not how we say it. Like you're not using the drawl that you're supposed to. But I also happen to be, you know, uh, a northerner, which is something I, I, I have yet to actually wrap my mind around is that I've been in uh, in the greater Boston area for 17 years. And so I still hold claim to my southernness, uh, which, which is very dear to me. So that's some of... Uh, what may uh, be you, uh, I guess, said to describe me. So um, talk a little bit more then about your work, about your school and how, how you got to this place and what are, what are kind mm. of the events um, and critical moments that took you to where you are now? Mm. Good question. Um, I was in uh, a summer program uh, when I was young, 14, uh, years old at, at my church community in uh, New Orleans. And there was a, a great teacher who said, I want you to get in front of uh, young people. I want you to teach something. I'm like, what am I going to teach? And she's like, something. And I'm going to end up teaching a math lesson, um, multiplication facts. Uh, and the young people themselves found it, uh, they found it engaging. They uh, were excited. They, they were all involved in in this lesson that I kind of pulled together with, you know, uh, you know, glue stick and construction paper and a smile. Like you just come up with something and it kind of worked. And uh, I was asked to do it again and do it again. I found a love uh, for teaching. Um, I was on the track to do law because I love to argue and I like to push boundaries. And I found that my pushing of boundaries would be in the classroom uh, years later, getting my uh, my uh, undergrad degree from Dillard University, which is a historically uh, Black uh, university in New Orleans, arrived here. Uh, in Boston and find myself teaching, uh, being a, a, uh, an instructional technology teacher, a grade five teacher, and, and went on uh, to become like a third grade all boys teacher, which was one of my favorite 
grades and love having just 29 boys with all of the testosterone in the world to be in one space. It, it just made for interesting times, I tell you. Uh, but from that, uh, from that year, I was appointed to be a principal um, of the Michael J. Perkins School in South Boston, where I spent six years helping to cultivate and shape that community uh, where we exceeded expectations, built great community and became a shining star and gem for uh, the city of Boston. And now I'm in uh, Roxbury where I'm an executive director or superintendent of a K-8 community. And so I've had the opportunity through the, even with the pandemic happening to do some shaping of culture, uh, helping to push our academic uh, standing, um, help to strengthen our relationships with families and community partners, and really just continue to be on the ground in the trenches with young people, our scholars and, and teachers to support them so that they feel seen and heard and, and feel like they belong to something uh, greater than themselves. And, and, and that's our, our wonderful school family. Thank you. So what is it when we talk about being authentic, what does it mean to you to be an authentic leader? To be authentic, in my opinion, um, means that you recognize in the spaces where you walk, you breathe, you lead, that you allow the pulses of the young people who are moving about, the, the teachers who are working with the young people, the custodians, the food service community, the parents, the community partners, you allow those pulses to help you center on what you feel led to that's important. And for me, what I understand to be true is that people wanna know you're human. They wanna know that you care you care about the things that matter, which is, you know, our center is about young people and their ability to thrive. Um, it's about making sure parents who are teachers, uh, who are our young people's first teachers, that they feel equipped and supported to, to do some of that um, continued work outside of the classroom. Teachers want to know that you understand their journey and that you're there to help build their their chops to to teach and command classrooms and build community and support the varying needs that come with young people and families that don't necessarily show up in anyone's uh, teacher prep class uh, people want to know that you are empathetic um, that you can lean in with them and and stand in it with them with the tough stuff but they also want to know like more about who you are. What do you? What inspires you? How does that charisma show up? And for some people, it comes out like a firestorm. Like I probably am more of a firestorm because I love to start the day off with music playing in the background and dancing and greeting folks and create, you know, just ah, amplifying joy. But there are some people who come in with a nice, warm smile and hug uh, or high five. And that too does a beautiful thing. And being authentic, it's about, um, in my opinion, uh, being open to sharing parts of who you are in your human experience that connect and resonate with others. That it, it may be inspiring, um, it may be uh, 
jarring because some people may not know that there's some things that you've gone through, some traumas or troubles and challenges you've experienced, but that you are resilient and you are able to really talk through and stand with people in places of difference, places of similarity, but places that matter. Um, and I think that's what helps to be authentic. Wow. <laughs> okay, I want to pull out three things in there that you said that that I really want um, listeners to think about and pay attention to. And, and I'll start with, I've had conversations with people, we talk about authenticity, and I think some people um, mistake their surface behaviors, their mannerisms for being authentic. And I've heard people say, well, I just... I just say things the way that's just the way I am and, and trying to kind of excuse gruffness um, for authenticity or insensitivity for authenticity. So authenticity is not just you are who you are and you do stuff the way you do it without consideration of others. So I'll, I'll start with that. But looking at three really critical things that you just said, um, when you talked about authenticity, you didn't start with me, you started with everybody else. Right. And you really associated your authenticity as a relationship, how you, authenticity is not about you. It's about how you relate to all these other people and that authenticity inv involves serving, connecting and supporting other people. And especially in this profession, I guess it should be obvious that our authenticity should call us to support and engage. But I love that idea that authenticity is not just about me. Authenticity is about how I, how I live and what I recognize with other people. So in a, in a sense, I guess you can't be authentic without having other people and being in relationships. Yeah. Um, I also love what you said right off the bat. Authenticity is recognizing the pulses of others. And those pulses lead you to what's important. And yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that again. And I just want listeners to really think about that. Um, it's, it's one of those statements that I think is goes deeper than what we usually kind of talk about in shows like this. So you said you recognize being authentic, authentic is recognizing the pulses of others and letting those pulses lead you to what's important. Yes. I love it. Um, yes. Okay. And then the third thing you talked about um, empathy, right? And, mm -hmm. and us being empathetic and sharing our stories that will connect with others. And that leads me to the word of vulnerability. So part of authenticity is being human and part of human is the struggle that we all face. Um, and I think it's a weird tension and I want to dig into this because I know when I show up for people, they, I need to be my best. I need to show up at my positive, most energetic, good self. At the same time, sometimes it is valuable to be vulnerable and to be able to show, wow, okay, I'm really struggling today or, or I had this experience I'm still processing or I have this scar that still um, affects me. So how do you, how do you balance that? How do you be the lighthouse that you need to be to keep everybody else uplifted and yet take those moments to 
share some vulnerability and, and kind of deepen that human connection? It's a great question. Uh, and I'm still working uh, in my humanity to, uh, I think, make, create some type of framing for myself as I walk and breathe and lead. But I, I, one of the things that uh, I guess surfaced for me, uh, I listened uh, to this uh, webinar conversation. Uh, it was on LinkedIn about Leader Factor that talks about the ladder of vulnerability. And one of the first things that that they talk about, uh, the host was uh, that not all acts of vulnerability are created equal. Um, there's a ladder within yourself that um, is unique to you. And so for some people, and, and this is very much perceptive, um, it's your own personal realized experience on what you feel is vulnerable to you and you want to share. Uh, and how will it be received? So as I, you know, we've talked about like the pulses of people, some people will share something as simple as I'm a father. And that will be something that seems like, oh, okay. I'm glad, you know, I'm a dad too. But what people may not know in that statement alone is that you might have been um, in a relationship where there were several miscarriages that took place and you almost were not the father that you had hoped and wished that you were. So you have all of these things that transpired, you know, the disbelief, you know, that may have, that, that happened between you and your partner and knowing like, we keep trying, we keep trying, we keep trying, we keep trying. And now it happened and you got this beautiful babe that's in your hand now. And so that one statement may feel like that's low risk. That's not a lot, but people not does, people are not clear on how impactful that is. And some people may think vulnerability is that you have to talk about this childhood trauma of this big thing that happened to you. Um, and you have to be in tears and sob and it has to be this visceral thing that you're sharing. But sometimes the smallest things, the smallest moments are actually the most meaningful for people when we talk about vulnerability. So when I talk about being a black male in this America, for some people, it resonates because they understand being an, um, an African-American male that that comes with a lot of, you know, challenges uh, based on how we're socialized, the things that are happening out in the community, in the news. And um, for me, my personal lived experiences, I, there are additional things that I have to cons consistently interrogate every day that I walk out the door about my safety. And that may not be something that someone else has to carry in. So when I think about vulnerability and I think about the, the, how that shows up in the education space, what I've situated myself in doing is if I have a good sense of center, my intuition about who I'm sitting with, who I'm working with, um, and we get to a moment that's a little tough, is there something that I can share that will be impactful to that person and help them support them or at least highlight that maybe you're not the only person who has gone through something similar. Again, whatever that um, disclosure is, is it's, it, has, it carries its own weight. What is my hope on the other side is that it is helpful um, to the person who is 
experiencing that in conversation with me and that you know that helps them to grow maybe that helps them to feel inspired maybe that helps them to stop doing something that is harmful to themselves or to others and so when i think about vulnerability it has great context and it has uh i mean many ripples many ripples uh in the lives of uh, the people we lead and serve with every day and i love how you connect when we disclose a vulnerability or share it, um, it really is about establishing that connection, that it's a choice. It's a choice on a way that we can try to establish connection with someone. It's not just us sharing. Yeah. 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 So let's pivot a little bit and think about the opposite of authentic is inauthentic. And, and I think it's such a challenge really it, it at every level, um, especially for assistant principals and especially for those new assistant principals that are walking into that building for the first time. And I always feel like there are these crisis moments early on where you, you have to decide, you know, something happens that is not right. And you have a really, what feels like a huge decision to make. And, and I always feel like, when we make that first, I don't know if compromise is, is the right word, but when we, when we, there's something that's not right and we push that aside and push that down and bite our tongue, we lose a little piece of our authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, and we're in a profession where there are a lot of opportunities for that to happen. Yeah. So can you maybe share a story about a time where you didn't take the action or didn't do what you what you later thought you should have done and then you know how how do you guard against that how do you remain strong in your authenticity mm. i'll share um i mean there's many things that come up uh, but i i think about um when i was a principal intern um and i was a third grade teacher um and so i was on the pathway to becoming uh being uh you know, uh, named as a principal uh, for my uh, new community. And um, I had spent a considerable amount of time uh, trying to understand the students who I was serving. So I was really just like, okay, who, who, who are these young people? And so I remember walking into uh, the front de- uh, front office where uh, the principal at the time and uh, some other leaders and staff members were sitting there talking. And one of my students, uh, came in um, and they were like, what are you doing here? Da, 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 da. And, you know, he said, you know, he needed something. Um, and, you know, he got whatever it was that he needed, he left. And what I heard them say is, you know, good luck. And they were saying this to me. Um, he, you know, he can't read, you know, and I'm like, he, Uh, Um, why are you saying this right like why are you saying this in public why are you saying this in this way you know good luck with him he can't read that the thought and I felt a way about that I felt angry because I'm like that's like one of our sons this is one of our young people who we have to wrap our arms around and yes he's a third grader who is reading on a pre-kindergarten level 
And I inherited him from years of people failing him, not actualizing his greatness for the other areas that he's absolutely amazing, for not leaning in and doing uh, the, the work to build that relationship. And you spent more time typecasting and believing in uh, the mistakes he's made and some of the poor behavioral, uh, you know, poor behaviors that he demonstrated, but that was probably acting out because people didn't have a belief in him. And I remember leaving that office on fire and angry with everyone because I'm like, this is a grave injustice. And if you feel like this for him, what other people, what other students in this building do you also carry that same level of disregard for? And I remember um, sitting in spaces where I'm being asked questions about how am I doing and how are things going and trying to do these consultancies with the, uh, with the principal and the assistant principal. And I would just be very much like one word answer, like, I'm okay. You know, but inside I'm like, I can't believe, like, I still can't let go of what you said about one of my young people who I hold there. And it's a great, like, it really, it really start stirred a fire in me to the degree I said, well, on my watch, he will learn, he will grow. And all of my students, all of my scholars, all of my boys, because I had all boys, will learn, they will read, they will do math, they will demonstrate leadership. I'm gonna take them everywhere they can be and I'm going to help them to capture a new narrative on my watch. And I knew what was within my power as a teacher that I knew how to teach and I knew how to inspire and engage those young people. And I knew how to work from a strengths-based and assets-based approach. And so I said, well, within the power I have and what I can do, I can control the atmosphere of my space. But for those people who I'm in spaces with, I wasn't absolutely authentic with them. At some point down the line, I did tell my principal, I said, you know, it, it made me feel a way that this is how you describe one of my students. But it, I lost respect and regard for that leader um, and other leaders around them because it was like, I have to prove that they can. And they did. But, you know, I then had to figure out, well, how do I sit with other people and, and actually also help to brew a different perspective if this is the kind of leadership and vision that lies in our school? And so I just figured, let me work from the scope of what I can control and do the work on the grounds with the people who matter. And for those who don't carry it, where were the opportunities to be authentic? Where And it took time. It wasn't automatic. It wasn't upfront. It really was. I had to find a place where I felt most comfortable to speak up and say what I needed to say and do it in a way that um, it could be regarded and respected, but still do the work that mattered to me. Yeah, so I think one of those ways that we kind of affirm and renew and strengthen our own authenticity is to make sure that we're putting ourselves in places and with people that reinforce our authenticity and, and that make it um, easier for us to fight the fights we want to fight and to really emphasize the things that are important and critical and to live our values. And the other thing I think you said that is really interesting is, again, kind of paraphrasing that our authenticity should remind other people of 
the best parts of us and the best parts of others. So if we can really bring that authenticity, again, it's not about us, but it's having that influence on other people to remind them of what, what the best aspects of, of themselves are, right? So we don't need to be complainers and yes, it's frustrating. Yes, it's hard, but let's not throw a kid away because it's so hard. And remember you're frustrated because it's hard, not frustrated because the kid's bad or you're bad. Um, so I just, I keep, I think that's a theme of this conversation so far is authenticity really isn't about yourself. Authenticity is kind of that, that thing that, that connects you with the people around you. Yeah. And I, what I would add is people will, rem- people will watch and engage with you and they'll know when there's something different about you and they'll say something's different. And, you know, is everything okay? Like, I know you told me it's okay, but I don't know. Like, people who care about you, people who have seen you show up in a particular way, they know what you're driven by, and they see your energy is different. They know that something's different, and they know they, they're watching your walk, and they're also letting you know, like, I'm watching. I'm right there with you. And it's important to take note to that that there are people who care and buy into who you are. They promote support and love and adore you for who you are. And they will give you those gentle reminders that you're not showing up in ways that they have come to know. This is not about being performative and being, you know, and feeling like, well, I need to demonstrate that I am X for the people. This really is at times about, well, the way that I've come to be and what people know of me they know that if I'm quiet and um, I'm more, uh, I, I've heard that my, my energy is big and grand, but what, what they've told me is like, when you get small, it can be dangerous because we don't really know what's going on. We don't know if you're going to explode, which they've never seen me explode, but they're like, what's up? And so I also know that there are tools and things that we have to use in order for us to recalibrate our energy, recalibrate our focus, refocusing on our purpose and our passion, and also understand that there are people who are standing in line or in the lines and in the trenches with you who want to help to reaffirm that every day through the day-to-day interactions. And so they'll call you on it if you're not showing up. And my students do it as well. Mr. Martin, Mr. Martin, what's going on? Like, you usually give me a hug and a high five. You just walk past me. Like, they ain't you, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I know, I'm going through. Well, you ain't got time to be going through on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> like my students will let me know, like, Miss Mon, I don't know what's going on, but you need to work that out because I'm here, let's go. Okay, you know, and then I'll, I'll smile and I'll get back to it. And that too is a reminder, like our kids know us. Yeah. I, I had the experience uh, this summer I think I shared before we started recording the show, I've been doing a lot of marketing stuff, which I'm an educator, not a marketer. And, and I've just hated so much of what I was, my work this summer and I uh, was, had some friends over and they asked, yeah, how's work going? And I said, ah, it's, it's fine. And, and one of my friends said to me, you know, I have never seen you not be excited about what you're doing. And, and I, 
after dinner the next morning, I got up and I, I do morning, I write it every morning. And I just, that hit me so hard um, because I've been trying to tell a story to myself about, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But I was really miserable in what I was doing, but having that friend, having that person on the outside, point that out to me and say, yeah, I see that. I see you're different. That moved me from, from just kind of this passivity, passivity to action where I said, okay, I have to, this isn't okay. I've got to change things. And I think that's the story you're sharing. And, and I love that as an idea for people that are listening, like part of maintaining your authenticity is having people around you who are able, who know you well enough to say, Hey, what's going on? I, I wonder if we can flip that too. I always tell people, um, I think what you're talking about is asking the second question, right? How are you? Oh, I'm fine. No, really. How are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have an example where you've done that for someone else where you've noticed somebody that was off and, and you got that kind of perfunctory, yeah, it's all good. And then we're able to dig deeper. Oh, yes. Because uh, they're... What what's interesting uh, that uh, about me that I, I I know to be true is I can sense energy, um, and I, I sense it you know um, deeply at times, and I'm like I might not know um, what specifically it is, but I'm like, huh, there's something, and I could just sit in a space with someone and be like, huh, who. Yeah, like I can't take the I'm okay. So let's go take a walk. You know, I'm like, let, let's go take a walk. I, I got to do something anyway. And I think it'd be great for us to walk. And sometimes I don't ask the secondary question right up front. We'll go and do something. And then I'll say, all right. So, you know, now that we move and we getting a little oxygen, like I'm not asking you to, uh, to, to divulge whatever it is you're carrying, but I'm here to stand with you. So if you want to talk about it, I'm here definitely, you know, want to make sure you know your kid for uh, that you're loved, like I'm here. But I also want to respect that if there's something that you're trying to manage and navigate for yourself, I will respect the space to allow you to have that, but you have someone here. So there are times where I do flip it and uh, just do that, uh, just so that people know, here is my offering. Um, and I am in no way trying to um, push in and press into your personal life. Like, I respect that. But I do want to uh, also let you know that I'm here. I care. And I want to make space and time for you if that is helpful to what it is that you're going through. I love that. So um, let's, let's start to move, I think, towards the end here. But I want to talk about how you foster authenticity in those around you, both the adults and and the young people. Are there things that you really intentionally do to help strengthen people and to help them connect with their own authenticity? I'm going to think about this from the perspective of of the audience. where We have some assistant principals and and really thinking about, well, what can you do? Um, I understand the call for my role as a leader is that I am a culture shaper. I may not be the person who's always leading the vision, 
but I'm a one, I'm the one who carries that banner and I promote that through my words, my actions and my service. And so for those who are really wrestling uh, with how do I demonstrate and promote authenticity from the spaces where I can uh, so that people understand what I value um, and where they will feel safe and supported. Sometimes it's environmentally. Like when you come into my space, the things that matter to me are present. So currently in my space, I know that the uh, people in the audience can hear my voice, but I have like the pride flag here and it's the intersectional pride flag that also is inclusive of our trans community, you know, our intersex community, um, like that flag is on my wall. And so I am part of the LGBTQ uh, community, but I'm also one whom is uh, supportive of those who are part of that experience as well. I also have up this wonderful painting of a little chocolate boy, uh, you know, uh, who has a shirt on that says, yes, we can, because I want other little boys who come in here and see this to understand that I'm amplifying like you too can do anything that you ever conceived in your brain and you are amazing and I want to support and celebrate you and and there's other things like people who um, have been very instrumental in my walk are on my wall when people come into the space that you shape in the conversations that you're having, the examples you're lifting. So if you're talking, you know, if you are a culture shaper, if you are the joy bringer, a joy dealer, there's so many ways that people have, uh, have you know, really um, touted their ability to, to lead um, a very profound um, experience for people around them is how do you set the tone in your conversation and what you display in, in, uh, in your spaces and workshops, uh, books that you're reading and sharing. You're, if you're listening to podcasts like this one and you're sharing that as part of your example, things that you're watching, observances, who are you wanting to make sure that we support you know, if you were doing a dinner and you're or a lunch in, in your community, you say, you know what? I want to make sure that we order lunch from a small business that's women owned, you know, uh, and here's someone whom I think could be great or give me a recommendation. Those are ways you can continue in whatever way that if even if you are not the one who's at the helm, that in your ability as a leader, you have the ability to transcend what is most important. You have the ability to then send signals to people on, this is what I believe in, this is what I'm about, and people will find harbor with you. They will look to you for counsel and coaching and development. They will want to take those walks because they want to be in spaces where they feel safe, they feel affirmed, they feel seen, and they know they'll be supported and loved. And I think that's the ways that you can foster authenticity that um, galvanizes um, you know, people in small and high places. Okay, I think I want to just take that take that speech and we'll make that its own podcast wow thank you and the thing that really popped into my head i, I think of authenticity as, as these kind of pivot points of some 
big thing that happens and you make this big decision about, wow, am I going to be authentic here or am I going to retreat? But I think, you know, I missed the mark when, when I frame it that way, because what you just said is authenticity isn't about those big pivot points. It's about everything you do every day. You've so we have, we have so many opportunities to be authentic. Yeah. Even in the areas where you make mistakes and you fail, like I, you know, talked today with my lead, uh, there was a leadership team of uh, 14, 15 of us on a call. And I could talk about like, oh, I missed the mark here. This is what I thought I heard. And I actually learned that that wasn't what was heard. Like in, you know, I made this decision. Oh, this decision actually was felt this way. I'm sorry, that wasn't my intent. And so people also will recognize that if you are also willing to acknowledge, hey, this is where you dropped the ball, you made a mistake, and you, and you do that privately and publicly, people also are more likely to believe that you are authentic because you're acknowledging your humanity. And I think that too is important as we think about this from a, a, a wider scope and feel. Yeah. Okay, this has been fun. <laughs> it is it is yes <laughs> so i have three questions for you as we wrap up um yes. first what part of your own leadership are you still trying to get better at mm. i am trying to manage my face <laughs> i'll deepen that a little bit oh <laughs> uh, because i know people are like what in the world is he about to say you you talk about my linkedin post um, what I, I, um, I inherited from my mom, um, like I wear my feelings and emotions on my sleeve. Like you'll see it in my face. It's very hard for me to hide how I feel. So if I am someone who feels um, a level of emotion where I feel uh, betrayed or I feel disappointed or something like that, like it shows up on my face. There is no, like, there's no hiding it. And so how I'm working on trying to find other techniques to, to either say what I need to say and say it in a way that it can be felt and understood and received, but also how do I look at myself in the mirror when I have these emotions and not necessarily put off people from wanting to connect with me because they're like, oh, he looks, stop. You know, he looks really angry. He looks upset. He doesn't look approachable. And as I shared in my LinkedIn post, being a black male in this America, people sometimes have a perception that, you know, the way that your face is uh, shaped, you know, may make it feel like you are this particular emotion or this disposition. And that's not necessarily the case. So that is something that I am, I'm, I'm currently working on right now because I know that that is impactful. People, like I said, people know me and when I'm upset, there's no hiding it. And so I got to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> and if listeners could take just one thing away from today's podcast, what would that one thing be? Um, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself in your journey. So under like, it is important for you to consistently ask yourself questions, interrogate, get real clear about who you are, where you are, what's important to you, and how does that show up? But be okay in transition. Be okay with not being okay, but 
consistently love on yourself. And that's the thing I have to keep doing. I have to keep reminding myself, I am loved. I am thriving. You know, I am safe, but I need to keep filling myself with those kinds of messages and affirmations because those things are important. And as leaders, sometimes we hold um, we hold ourselves hostage because something went wrong or a crisis was mismanaged or people did, don't like you right now because of whatever the case may be, whatever the decision is. And you have to remember, well, what was my intention when I made that decision? What was my intention when I said what I said? What was my intention when I woke up this morning on how I wanted to step up and show into the world? And if that intention is still crystal clear, then what is my learning about myself as I'm interacting and interfacing with the world? What could I be doing differently? Or what can I do to continue to love on myself through the moments where I have not figured it out yet? Thank you. That's a message we all need right now. This is hard out there. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else that you want listeners to to hear? Um, I mean, there's so many things that you could say, but I, I think one of the things that I, I could close with that I um that I listened to this morning. Um, I was listening to Oprah and Maya Angelou, Dr. Maya Angelou. Uh, may she rest in power. And she's like my God, like she is my uh, like godmother who I love to listen to and lean in on, even though I've never met her before, not related, but I love her. And one of the things that she said, uh, she was talking about uh, the, the grace in aging and the things that she is coming to know about herself and the world around us and how over time she gets even more excited because she knows more and uh, she feels more awakened. And she, she says, uh, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive um, and to do it with, um, with passion, some compassion, some humor and style. Uh, and so I would offer that back to, uh, to the, my, my community as well uh, of leaders who are, uh, who are on this podcast, like stay connected to what it is that you call your passion, your zeal, do it in ways that are graceful and exciting and inspiring for you as well as those around you and enjoy the journey, the highs and the lows, because all of this is a gift every day, every interaction, every moment is a gift, regardless of whether or not we want to recognize it like that. So yeah, I would share that. All right. We are going to, we're going to end it there. Where can listeners go and find out more about what you do? Oh gosh. Uh, so I'm on Twitter. So you can see Craig C. Martin 12. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Craig C. Martin, if I'm not mistaken. I have a website, uh, Craig C. Martin Leads. Uh, so you can uh, learn a little bit about, uh, more about me in any of those spaces. Um, and I'm willing to so, you know, support, connect in any way that I can. Uh, so I, again, thank you, uh, Frederick, for uh, extending your platform for me to be uh, a, a part of it, just a voice. I'm hopeful that uh, today uh, I was able to just share some insights and nuggets that can be uh, helpful and liberating to, to, to leaders across the, the globe. 
Uh, it was inspiring um, and what a great time for it. So thank you so much for sharing. And we'll put links to all those different ways that people can can reach you. And I think you also, do you do a bi-monthly podcast? Is that? Uh, I am uh, I am also a podcaster as well. Uh, so I'm a co-host with uh, Krista Lee. Uh, she uh, she and I do SEL and EDU. Uh, so we have a podcast that's uh, that's going and we talk about all things social emotional learning. So thank you so much for uh, lifting that up uh, as well. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, Craig, this has been this has been great. Um, I'm probably going to start bothering you real quick about having you back on the show another time because <laughs> I think there are a lot of other things that we could dig into. What a joy. What a joy. I would love that. All right. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and rate this podcast. I'm always trying to improve the show. And if you have feedback for me, please email me at frederick at frederickbusky.com. And if you'd like more content related to assistant principals, you can check all that out on my website at frederickbusky.com backslash the assistant principal. That wraps up today's show. I'm Frederick Busky, and I hope you'll join me next time for the assistant principal podcast. Cheers.